Hello, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Reliable Talk podcast. I have my right-hand man with me, Will. How are you keeping? I'm doing well. We're doing great. Thank you, guys, for a massive response on the WeCare system. Um, like, literally, we had so much engagement, haven't we, over the weekend? It's we? been really amazing. It has been incredible. So thank you for everyone who's acquired. And, yeah, we've got a few quotes to put away already, which is great. Definitely. And this is what it's about. It's about, obviously, inspiring that reliability change in terms of Industry 4.0. And, obviously, it's never going to take over what we do, but it's going to be an incredible compliment. compliment to it. Do you know what I mean? To be able to improve that reliability. That's what we're about here at Maintain. But, I mean, what we were talking about the other day, Will, we, had, we were actually having a really great discussion about energy saving and how our techniques can really sort of, you know, complement the energy saving world. and I kind of wish we was recording a podcast as we're having that conversation. We're going to try to recapture that conversation now and try to flow with it as much as possible. But in a world where energy is so important, you know, what we want to try to do is be able to say, well, how can we help? How can we actually improve energy and how can our techniques, you know, save money on the bottom line? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we went started going through a list of loads of different things that we were thinking, oh, what about this? And what about this? This also saves energy. So it's really quite interesting, the number of condition monitoring techniques, techniques yeah, that definitely. actually contribute to an energy saving. I know, and that's the thing. It's not just one. It's so diverse, isn't it, in terms of what oh, we yeah. can do. And I'd say that the first place is probably ultrasound, which I think is so highly disregarded sometimes yeah. in terms of what it can do on an energy saving point of view. And... Um, Air leak surveys is probably the quickest win, Massive. I would say, Massive. if you want to be able to have a look at your energy usage and how you can save energy if you have a lot of compressed air on site. Oh, definitely. You know, you can really utilise the ultrasound to very quickly identify leaks, quantify those leaks and get them fixed. Exactly, because the thing is about our human ears, right? if you can hear an air leak... This is pretty it's bad. bad. <laughs> it's really bad. <laughs> Very bad. Because our ears can only, obviously, as you know, listen up to a certain frequency range. Ultrasound is 20 kilohertz and above. and above. So that frequency range is extremely high frequency. So for airborne events... It is very effective at picking up these defects. And, and they can be really small leaks, but it's not necessarily the size of the leak. It's, it's the amount that's being the quantity that's being lost over a period of time that really adds up. Yeah, because air leak, it happens constantly, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just... not start, stop, start, stop. You know, when you've got a leak, you've got a leak. And it is. And I think the saving that you can get over the whole year is astronomical off such Definitely. a small... Especially like leak. compressed air. Like a lot of people often say, you know, compressed air is the most expensive commodity at a factory. And often it can be the case because you are putting electricity, a costly a, a overhead resource into, into a motor yeah. to turn a compressor which is quite a high energy a use, high load high isn't load it? generating that compressed air to drive applications within the factory and all you're doing is letting that air loose and go exactly so it's kind of like money so down what, the train all your, <laughs> yeah all your compressor is having to do if, if it's got a set point that's saying look stay at six bar and you've got leaks it's constantly having to run up get up to that to pressure get to that set pressure to stop and, and then it's having to run more to maintain it because you're losing a lot of it out in the plant i mean i remember my previous employer this particular air leak survey we did we calculated that they were actually running uh the backup compressor was actually running just purely 
to maintain, to maintain the yeah. mix. Well, what we can do <laughs> is... just is absolutely mind-blowing, really, isn't it? You can really calculate it very well by working out the on-load and off-load time of the compressor. Yeah. If you've got an, if you've got downtime where you've got an option where there's not a lot of equipment utilising the compressor, you can do some simple calculations to really work out a rough cost on how much you're losing. I mean, we did one the other day. Yeah, we £70,000 they were losing a year. That and is. that's on one compressor, and they've got three. I know. Yeah, I know. And, you know, it, it, to be honest, it's not shocking because they use so much compressed air. They do. Every single line has compressed has air. Has compressed air and a lot of it. So air leaks and obviously ultrasound is a huge, huge practice that we carry out in this particular plant. And it's an ongoing one. I mean, a lot of people do will do one air leak survey per year. So oh, that's all right. You know, we've kind of got a problem solved. But then half the time you go back to that side and you still is, see the tags on the air leaks. The problem as well. is as well with a lot of like systems like pneumatic cylinders that are regularly moving, you know, the fittings begin to wear. You have got a lot of movement, haven't you? You've got a lot of chances for fittings or to fail. To, to fail. And it's, it's going to happen at the end of the day, especially when you've got such a high quantity amount of them. And the great thing about our UP10,000 it is incredible at identification of leaks. So what we'll have on the UP10,000 is like a, a larger cone, and that is really good at getting long-range stuff on, on an airborne point of view to kind of direct us to kind of where the leak in the right is direction, initially. And then you've got like a smaller cone that's got a sort of more of a smaller hole to detect like close impact, like you close... refine where... Yeah, refine where exactly where the leak is. You kind of go in, don't you, with the larger one and kind of go, okay, I've got something in this area Yeah, and then I can go in with a small one. Ah, it's that fitting just there. There we go. And then you can clearly identify the leak. And the great thing about um, the UE systems, the UP10000 software, is that we can actually take a decibel reading and we can actually quantify the leak depending on the energy use per year through the spreadsheet that we provide. So that gives us a really accurate representation of how much energy loss they're using over the year once we understand how much their energy costs are. And it is up to today saying within their studies, um, 80% accurate in terms of, um, you know, the, the actual reading that you get back in terms of energy loss. So... This is great because we can now identify um, and actually make the customer aware yep. of how much energy they potentially could be losing. It, it just enhances the importance of it because, you know, the cost of air leaks are such huge and the cost of fittings are, are minimal. quite small. It's minimal input to give such a high return. return or output. That's what I love about condition monitoring. That's what I love about finding something like, you know, poor lubrication. Yeah. Because it's an issue and problem that could potentially cause the, the unit to fail. And all it takes but is... it's just such a small input that, that you do to create that longevity and reliability. So we've got to look at the quick wins. But, I mean, as well, we can't just define them as quick wins. We need to look at them as priorities as Definitely. well. Because a lot of sites don't do it. And, um, you know, if you have got a lot of compressed air on your site and it's not something that you looked at, are you even aware of how much you potentially could be losing? Because we could... You know, within a couple of days, probably tell you that figure quite quite easily. Because okay. the, the beauty about Elix surveys is it doesn't take long. No. You know, you've got a unit, it you, tells you can us. You go in and, and identify get the lot. value back very quickly. 100%. You know, you, you it know, really only takes. We've know, never been, put it this way, we've never been at a place where we've found less than what the survey costs. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's mean, about tenfold savings if the repair the leaks are repaired over that year. I think for year. one of the customers that we go to and we do, what, do we do four air leak surveys in a year? Because they've got a lot of pneumatic systems. Yeah. We will regularly find around about £6,000 worth of leaks. Definitely. And uh, the first survey that we did, we actually originally found about 25000 Yeah. But on top of that, when we kept maintaining these surveys, we're finding about six to 
to ten thousand pounds. And what we're trying to do at the minute is like, if you have got a lot of compressed air, the problem what we find a lot is is that sometimes the the your maintenance department doesn't really have time to go and fix these. Yeah, and so what we do for that particular customer is we actually try now uh, going towards doing a find and fix kind of program. So if we can, where we can, we'll fix it there and then, and that just helps them out. That's it. I mean, a lot of uh, places that have a lot of pneumatic fittings have a lot of spares and stuff. Generally, sometimes if it's just a fitting, you know, the things that I think the the issue and the problem with that sometimes is obviously availability uh, as well. But the thing is, like you know, when you do when these places do have a shutdown, perfect opportunity to get us in and understand exactly what needs to be changed, we'll just get it done. And I think that's what we want to do. We want to try to drive that cost saving. We don't want to say, oh, here's loads of leaks, guys, and kind of leave you with it, because we know for a fact that priority leaks is still a priority, but end of the day, they just don't get done. They just don't within the industry they're in. So air leak servers, I would say, is probably an incredible way to save money using ultrasound. Definitely. Okay, so another one that we're going to be talking about is thermal imaging. I'll let Will run with this. He's a bit more uh, familiar with this kind of work that we do. Yeah, no, we work really closely with the green team. So I would like to shout out the green team there. We've done quite a lot of these thermal imaging surveys on a lot of their customer sites as well in terms of uh, understanding where they're getting heat loss from from pipes from their boilers. So this issue and problem is actually quite bad quite profound especially with like a lot of sites that have a lot of steam and older sites and well. older sites as well because just by exposing exposed pipe work that has steam in it can lose a hell of a lot lot of energy when you're talking high temperatures so what we do we've got um a template that we've kind of put together uh and and tested by Fleur, so we can actually measure the temperature of pipe work and understand how much heat is being lost with that pipework, depending on the obviously the energy cost mm-hmm. over the year. And you'll be so surprised about the figures we can get back on stuff that is just exposed and it's not lagged. So really essentially what we want to do is, is try to obviously survey the site and understand, have a look at your boilers, have a look at the areas that are you know exposed. And thermal imaging, what an incredible way to identify the areas very very quickly. Oh, you know massively. I mean? It doesn't take long, does it, to be able no. to say, oh, that, that area there is about 200 or 300 degrees without any lagging. But it also comes in as a really great like safety point as well. Because anything oh, up in yeah. that temperature... I mean, who would want to be touching anything about 200 degrees? Right. Well, exactly. I mean, we do it, don't we, some of our marine customers, you know, specifically for SOLAS, which is one of the regulations they have to follow. We yeah. regularly monitor their engine areas and exhaust systems because they have to be lagged they can't risk having anything above 300 degrees that's 220 220 degrees degrees. so we we do that and as well as one of the things i've been kind of driving and pushing in the marine industry um you know we've got an incredible flare camera that allows us to be able to see a pallet um so anything over it's a bit like an isotherm in, in, in a degree on the camera so anything over 220 degrees will appear in the color of your choice and everything else will be in black and white so we generally uh, have a red color to identify anything over 220 degrees and the results are incredible we can really quickly identify areas very quickly and scan around the engine rooms and identify areas that are not lagged uh, yeah. at 220 degrees and then we can create quick reports to say look customer we, you need to be able to lag these areas for, for health and safety and obviously the SOLAS requirements as well. So SOLAS, another big one in terms of, you know, using, um, I know it's not more to do with energy saving, but still it's a great, shall we say, technique to understand what areas need to be lagged. And it kind of goes in, in line with lagging in terms of uh, understanding your, you know, your boilers and stuff like that. So if you guys got any boilers, got anything like that, and you are concerned about if you are losing energy, 
generally another another one, another quick win. You know, lagging doesn't cost a lot of money really. But no, and it's understanding that calculation, isn't it? You know, when is you know you can do some great calculating to understand when that cost is right. So yeah. the cost benefit of putting lagging on to the cost saving from doing so. Hundred percent as well. I think at first you should really look at it from a health and safety point of view. Um, you know, I think anything <laughs> over a hundred degrees is it should be lagged anyway. Of course yeah. it should. So you know you've got to look at it from that point of view at first, but as well. The secondary benefit is, of course, energy saving big time uh, on that as well. So um, what else we got? Well, what else we got to talk about? Steam trap surveys. Let's another good one. Another, yeah, let, we, we're kind of bouncing off ideas here. So obviously where boilers involved, you've got steam. You've got steam around and your side. steam. You've got condensate. You have got condensate. So you have to be very careful that the condensate doesn't get around your system because it can cause horrible corrosion, corrosion problems. Work problems, especially with high Water pressure, you know, steam lines. Definitely. And, you know, some steam lines can, can be quite yeah, far really away from steam. where, you know, because I yeah. worked at a particular customer, they had a lot of these steam ovens and they had so much steam. It was ridiculous. I bet. You know what I mean? So the, the system there was so vast because they, they were basically a can company and they had these big steam tin cookers. I mean, they're quite, quite incredible bits of equipment, actually, mm-hmm. to be fair. But they had so many steam traps there. Really? And um, they rarely did steam trap surveys, which was a little bit scary, if I'm honest. And it was something we did suggest at the time, but I just don't think they did it. Um, which, you know, for me, is just like, wow, because now we can quantify steam losses and steam is a very expensive product to make, isn't it? Oh, definitely. So to be able to quantify that and understand because for those that don't understand why it's such important obviously a steam trap the way that operates is as condensate builds up within the system it eventually will discharge the condensate and what can happen is these steam traps can get potentially stuck open and then or stuck closed and what you're then doing is you're at risk if they're closed that you're not discharging your condensate out and if they're left open you're just wasting steam steam. and it's a constant it's a bit like an air leak but steam yeah. And I can tell you now, the cost of that is is paramount and it is it is just a cost that you really want to be avoiding. So really what you know what we suggest is obviously routine inspections on your steam traps and we use two technologies essentially for that. One being ultrasound. Um so you can actually listen to the actual trap in operation as listen well. You can take and enclosing. Yeah, you can listen to the actions of the steam trap and the mechanical operations as well. And as well, you can as well record that time wave function. Uh, in terms of noise, and then it gives you a really good representation on 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 an actual time waveform point of view to understand to see you can actually visually see yep. where the steam trap is open and closing as well. And, so, and I guess for those of you that listened to our last podcast that were interested in the WeCare system, they also offer a wireless sensor that has an ultrasound point on it. It can listen to. They design it specifically for steam traps. Specifically traps for a steam trap to yeah. understand and to make sure that operation is working, and that all feeds back within their portal. But it also has two temperature sensors, which I guess leads on to our other technique: thermal imaging. So obviously they've got a couple of thermocouples on that as well to give you the inlet and outlet temperatures, which as well give you a lot of information about whether steam is passing through the trap effectively or not. But obviously as well, we don't just use ultrasound. We use a thermal imaging as well to understand inlet, outlet temperatures to see where the steam is passing to let us know whether there's a problem there also. So that's a great addition as well, because if you've got vibration sensors on in a WeCare system anyway, it doesn't cost a lot to add this system as well right. to your site. And this is the beautiful thing about it because it's all in- integral to that system. You don't have to go fork out another 
a lot of money to get a new gateway. A whole new system. Yeah, you just literally you literally connected to the system that you've got. So I love the innovation from WeCare. Oh, I really do, and I think there's so much. I that... seem to like we literally learn about this sensor today. We're know. talking with Cranford. Thank you very much, and we're like, you guys do that as well. Incredible. Wow. We're still learning a lot about what they do as well because obviously they're still in the UK, relatively new, and we're really, really blessed to be one of the, their distributors them. as well. Definitely incredible. So, okay, so we've covered steam traps. Should we go? Oh, alignment. Ooh. So alignment, I mean, it's, it's not something I'd say a lot of people would pick out straight away for energy saving, but it does have a big impact. It does. It, it, you know? It's, you know, it's one of the hidden ones. You don't really notice it, you know, while the machine is running there. But if you've got a machine that's out of alignment, take your thermal imaging camera, have a look, see the temperature. You'll find it will be a lot hotter than it would if it was in alignment. And that's a lot of stress being put on it. And that stress has to be taken up somewhere to rotate that piece of equipment. And as well, don't guys, don't be fooled. Just because it's not shown in your vibration spectrum does not mean it's not aligned. A great example of that would be um, one of the cooling pumps we did. And it's got a very big tyre flexible coupling, which takes up a lot of that deflection. I think it was about a mil, one oh, yeah. millimetre out of, a, out of alignment vertically and, and something similar um, horizontally. And vibration that it did not pick it up. It no, was not vibrating. We didn't see anything. So just, you know, a lot of the time, you know, you could have that coupling that's taken up a lot of that tolerance so to speak but still it's still not and it's good that for the motor. stress it's that stress and that out of alignment which means the motor has to work harder it's pulling more current to work harder because it's out of alignment which is then causing you an increased energy cost. exactly so you don't need many of them on site to be out of the line and you unaware of and that's the thing about obviously understanding like are we running our plant in the most reliable and efficient way? efficient way and it, until you do this testing because sometimes vibration is not going to pick up alignment issues and if you are picking it up it is very bad. bad and you're talking you know probably more shall we say less flexible couplings and more solid couplings as well you know so you know you've got to be able to look at it on a point of view where are we actually doing this efficiently and how are we testing our motors that are you know have you got a lot of motors that are coupled mm. do you do alignment checks regularly because to be honest, a lot of the time they're not, are they? They're and if you get a new plant installed, are you checking the alignment after it's been installed? Because it's, you know, everyone's, you know, the pump comes and it's been aligned from the factory. But as soon as you bolt it down on a new foundation, you've twisted the whole thing. It needs aligning again. Exactly. Not even that. Have you got soft foot? Have you got areas where you, yeah. you know you bolt it down where you haven't got a flat level of, of, of you know, a floor? And as well, do, do, they, do you need shims in certain places to make up for that? And our equipment, fortunately, the Proof equipment, which is incredible, we can detect software. We can detect alignment issues. We can detect them things before things go in place. And I think that all goes in part of this reliability culture that we're trying to do. We need to have all of this equipment ready. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we've really thoroughly invested in all of this. You know, we, we, we wanted to, you know, it's taken us the last sort of six months now to finally get everything that we want as a company but we want to be able to offer that solution to a problem 100% and all the way through all the way through so yeah. you know you've got energy problems where we can come and laser align it we can come and monitor it we can come and do all these things to make sure that your plant is running in the most reliable efficient way possible so that you know and have as much foresight of any problems that are going to happen and exactly that as well and then you know looking at alignment you've got your belts as well like a lot of the time, I mean, I think a belt tensioner, you can get a Fennel one for about 30 quid. Yep. How many times do we go to the site and you see the belts crushing, absolutely flapping or slipping because yeah. the belts are worn? So that as well, again, more energy, obviously, because the motor's running at a certain speed. But 
is whatever it's driving and, and a lot of driven the times, at the same speed. A lot of the times, these energy cost savings, you won't necessarily see them. It's not like a motor that fails and you're like, oh, God, I've got to now spend five grand on a new motor. These are a bit harder to see, but often they're the big chunk ones that once you've tackled them, yeah, you no. get some real big savings. That's the thing, isn't it? I think if you look at all of these little things and you implement, you know, really good procedures in place to counteract them, after a year or so, the compound effect of what you're doing is going to be paramount as well. Massive. And, you know, that's something that we have teamed up with the green team as well, because obviously we offer the condition monitoring of these type of services. But the green team can actually have a look how you're spending that energy. Yeah, like who you getting that energy the from? The procurement from it. How are you dealing with your waste? You know, there's so many different things that go beyond, you know, just your running of equipment. And how how are you running your equipment? Do you know what I mean? Are you running certain equipment in peak times where you could be running it at other times? You know, and that as well in itself could save thousands of pounds we used to so, have it when i we were in the i worked um for british sugar and we used to do a lot we used to generate our own power you used to get a little alert come through and it used to tell you look every, the electricity company they need more electricity and we used to have to shut down a load of non-useful equipment that we could afford to and we would export back and we would get a lot of money back. I, I know and a lot and it's the same as another one of our customers our current customers right now it's not really to do with energy saving, but what they do, they buy a certain product for their line and basically they hold it at certain times purely because of the market and yeah, obviously yeah. commodity and they buy it at certain times, which means they buy it low uh, and in bulk and then they, they spread it over time. It saves them so much money. I know it's not to do with energy, but it's kind of like on the same principle of, right, okay, how can we manage our processes Definitely. so that we get the best efficiency out of the bottom line? And that's what the green team can do for you as well. And that's what we yeah. can do as well. So if you are, you know, looking at saving energy and obviously complying with different ISO standards in terms of, uh, you know, your energy usage, get in touch because we can help you out. Definitely. I think that kind of wraps up this one, doesn't it? I think it does, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Keep it locked because what we're going to do, we're going to put a poll out this week. We are. We've got a few subjects that we want to talk we about. Hear- but, you know, we want to get you guys involved. Yeah, we want to hear what you guys want us to talk about. You know, we can ramble on about loads of different topics, but I what know. do you want to listen to? Exactly. What 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 subjects, you know, so we're going to put a poll out with four different options as well. If you feel like there's other things, please pop them in the comments because we want to hear Definitely. about what you And we got. can start building a bit of a list of all the different content and different... Yeah, 100%. I really want to get some guests on the show as well. I think that's definitely the next step. We've got a, f- a list of a few. And if, if you want to be on... Give us a shout as well. Yeah, give us a shout, actually. Yeah, 100%. Let us know. So, guys, thank you so much again for listening. Oh, as well, I've got, I've got to mention something else quickly before I go. Go on, then. Um, I got an email the other day, and it was from the podcast agency with Figures and Facts. Oh, yeah. So, basically, um, we are number 12 in the UK for podcasts for physics. Wow. And we are number eight in Belgium. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's incredible. And you know where in Belgium is? We care. We care. So there you go. Wow. Um, there, there's obviously. If you're great... if you're from We Care and you're listening, thank you very much. All right, guys. Anyway, I thought I'd leave you with that thought. But yeah, guys, have a great weekend. Um, oh no, great week. I should be going out from in the week. Going right? out Monday. Right? So yeah, take care. And yeah, we look to catch up with you soon. Look out for the poll and have a great week. See you later, guys. Take care.